thank you for having me. It's great to be here with you. I've really been enjoying my weekend with you. It's, it's been great to meet so many people. So some of you already know um, a bit about me, but for those who don't, um, I grew up in Hastings on the south coast, and I know that a lot of people in the north think of the south as being really lovely, and you know it's got this kind of reputation for being quite wealthy. Uh, where I live is very different to that. Um, it's actually the 17th most deprived part of the country out of something like 350. Um, so it's got a lot of poverty. Um, where I live, it's a coastal town, so there's a lot of people who only have jobs when it's sunny. Um, and it's not always sunny in the south, although I know that there is a rumour. Um, I, I call Hastings where I live the Sunshine Coast. Um, it's not quite true. But yes, yeah, so I grew up in poverty myself. Um, and became a Christian when I was 15. So just when Shirley was pointing at different people, I thought, well, she, she's only met me this morning, so she probably wouldn't pick me out. But for me, I, be I became a Christian at the age of 15. And um, exactly what Shirley said, it's been an up and down journey since then. Life has been wonderful in many respects and really hard in other respects. But Jesus has been the firm foundation through it all. And it's utterly transformed my life. And not just in terms of spiritual things, but in terms of just being lifted up out of poverty. Um, so I now get to run na a national charity, like Raj said, called Jubilee Plus. But when I was a kid, that never would have been on the cards for me. That's only been possible because of how Jesus took hold of me and has totally transformed my life. So it's a real privilege for me to be here and to get to speak because speaking in front of people at churches, I don't, it just would have never crossed my mind that that would have ever been something that I would have done. And yet yeah, now I get to do it and it's, and it's a real joy. So thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. I want to talk about something a bit, might seem a bit weird at first, but hopefully you'll bear with me. I want to talk about uh, the fact that you are God's gift to other people. Each one of you, every single person in this room, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, whatever you believe in, um, you are God's gift to the people around you. And the expression God's gift is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? For those of you who are familiar with that expression, um, if someone says that they are God's gift, usually it is not a good thing. And so what I'm not going to do is encourage you to go around saying to each other, hey, do you know what? I'm God's gift to you. You know, when we, when we think about people who think they're God's gift, it always is with that negative connotation, isn't it? Someone who, you know, thinks that they're God's gift to football. I can think of some footballers who, you know, it's like they just think that they're the best footballer who's ever lived. If someone thinks that they're God's gift to music or just God's gift to men or to women, it's just something where you think, if you know people like that who think they're God's gift... You, you, you have a bit of a reaction to it. I don't know, you, you might be nicer than me, but I have a bit of a reaction to it. I think, who do you think you are? It's a, it's a kind of arrogant thing, isn't it, to kind of say that you're God's gift. So if I was to say, um, oh, you know, Raj thinks he's God's gift to the church, you would all know that I meant that negatively, and it was kind of an insult. So I picked on Raj because I feel I know him well enough, but sorry, Raj. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just not... It's not the sort of thing, it's not a compliment, it's not a good thing usually. But this morning I want to talk about the fact that actually the truth is that because we are made by God, we are God's gift to those around us. And like I say, it's not to encourage us to all go around, you know, swanning around, I'm God's gift. But it is to encourage us to know that God has put stuff in us that is not just meant for us. And it's not just about our lives. And it's not even just about us and God. It's actually about other people. 
God has made us to have an impact on other people. God has made us to be people who bring glory to his name and do good to others. And in fact, often how we bring glory to his name is by doing good to other people. So yeah, bear with me, because I want to talk about the fact that we are God's gift. Now, I know for some of you, me saying something like that, you'll, you'll already be maybe squirming in your seat a bit. Or you'll be thinking, not me. You might be thinking, you know, you don't know me. Well, I don't. I don't. But I do know what the Bible says. And I do know that the Bible says that every single person is made in the image of God. And that doesn't mean like God's got um, eyes like us or he's got hair like us or some of us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I did look. I did look at a few people. Sorry. Um, it, it, It doesn't mean that we're physically like God. When it says that we're made in the image of God, what it means is that we reflect something of his characteristics. So we've just been singing about the love of God. God is a God of love. The Bible actually says God is love. And in the same way that God is love, we are made as people who can love and can experience love. So when the Bible says we're made in the image of God, it's not talking about what we look like. It's talking about our characteristics, who we are, how we get to reflect him to other people. So some of you who might be thinking, well, you know, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm like. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know um, the things I've done. You don't know about me. Actually, what I do know is that what God says about you trumps everything you could tell me that would disqualify you. So if you're thinking, do you know what? It's great saying I'm made in the image of God. It's great saying I'm God's gift, but actually I'm not. You don't know me. Maybe you would disqualify yourself or discount yourself. Actually, the Bible doesn't give you any room to do that, which I'm going to come on to. Some of us do think, you know, not me. I, not me. I've got too many issues of my own. We've heard that, haven't we? We've, we've all got issues. Well, we have. We've all got issues. But actually, God often takes the very things that are our issues and turns them around and uses them to be good for other people. I've mentioned to some of you over the weekend that I was once in overwhelming debt. Um, I was in so much debt that um, a solicitor in my church advised me to declare myself bankrupt because he said it's the only way I can see for you to get out of it. And yet, more recently, in the last few years, I've been the person who's led the budgeting course in my church. And that's what God does. Even the stuff that we've got problems with, even the things we might think, that's my weak area, or that's something that's painful for me, or that's something that feels broken about me. God so often takes those very things and uses them to help and to bless other people. So we are God's gift to those around us. I love this um, just little expression from Tim Keller, who's an American church leader. He says, God doesn't make junk. I love it. It's true, isn't it? Actually, if we believe in a God who is good, who is perfect, um, and I know many of us in the room do believe in a God like that, then actually what God makes can't be rubbish, can it? What God makes can't be junk. It can't be disposable. It can't be something that can just be thrown on the scrap heap. And actually, that's true of every single person. God has made us, and God does not make junk. So actually, for us, in, in this room, if, if you feel like, I, I feel rubbish, God says you're not. But it also means every single person we encounter, no one can just be cast aside. 
No one can just be rejected. And one of the things I so love about Jesus is we see, when we read about him in the Bible, that he never just dismissed people. There was no one who he just wasn't interested in. There was no one who he just said, well, actually, you know, you, 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 don't, you, you are rubbish. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know you. In fact, the very people that society at that time didn't want to know, people who weren't allowed to even come physically near other people because they were seen as unclean, Jesus touched those people. Jesus put his hand on those people that others would have gone. That two metres social distancing would have been nothing. It was more like two miles social distancing. You've got to be on the outskirts. You've got to be on the outside. And they're the very people that Jesus went towards, rushed towards, because God doesn't make junk. And Jesus, it's so beautiful. If, if you haven't read um, in the Bible the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, I'd really encourage you to read them because you'll see Jesus so beautifully going after those that no one else cares about because he loves people and he wants to... The very people who might feel that they're junk or the very people who might feel like everyone else thinks they're junk, Jesus rushes towards them so that he can lift them up with dignity out of their shame like we've been hearing about and singing about this morning. We're made in the image of God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you've done, what you've been through, you are made in the image of God. And like I say, it doesn't matter even if you don't believe in him. The truth is you are made in his image. He has created you. He has made you and he's made you to reflect him to others. In the first book of the Bible in Genesis, at the very beginning in chapter one, God says this, Let us make humankind in our image after our likeness. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And it's really clear in the Bible that that doesn't just apply to Adam and Eve, but it's true for all of us. We are all made in the image of God. And I'd say, even if you don't believe in him, actually, it's true that you're made in his image and you can reflect him. It's what singles humans out, actually, from everything else that God has created, is the fact that we're made in his image. And like I say, it's not about our physical appearance. It's about our character. It's about who we are and who we have the capacity to be and to become. Being made in the image of God is what gives us our worth as human beings. It's what gives everyone we encounter their worth. It's why we can't actually, for those of us who are Christians, for those of us who are followers of Jesus who believe this, we are not given any permission to write anyone off. Not a single person. There's no one who's too far gone that suddenly they're not made in the image of God anymore. Because God has put his mark, put his stamp, put something of him in each and every single one of us. I think one of the biggest battles of my Christian life has been to really believe and understand this. And that's why I'm laboring the point a bit. Because I think actually for most of us, we don't live as if we are made in the image of God. It's so easy actually, isn't it, to take what other people have said about us. Or to even take our inner monologue, our own thoughts about ourselves. It's so much easier sometimes, isn't it, to like kind of hardwire them in. To believe them, to think on them, to dwell on them. Rather than to dwell on the fact that God says we are precious in his sight. And that we get to reflect him to people around us. I don't know about you, but for me, I find that it's, it's one of the biggest battles of the Christian life, actually, is to keep believing what God says about me rather than what I say about myself or what other people might have said about me. 
some of those things that just, you know, they live with you, don't they, when people say stuff over you? Especially if it's parents or especially if it's when you're a kid or it's a teacher who said it to you when you're a child or whatever. Some of those things live with us in our um, 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and so on. But actually what God says about us speaks a louder word than what anyone else says about us. Because he knows us better than anyone else. Actually, he knows our hearts. He knows everything we've ever done wrong. Not just that, he knows everything we've ever thought wrong. Everything that we've ever... Any reason we could say, well, God, you can't use me. God, I must be written off now. Everything we could say to discount ourselves. God says, no, I know all that. And you're still made in my image, loved by me. And I want to use you to be a blessing to others around you. Some of us write ourselves off because we don't have like certain achievements or certain status or qualifications or things like that. Some of us write ourselves off because maybe we don't have the same friendship group we, or we can't get into the particular friendship group we want to get into. Or on social media, someone else has got 500 friends and I've only got five or whatever it might be. There are so many things that we can look at and think, well, I'm not as good as that person or that person's better than me. Or, I wish I was more like that person. But actually, God doesn't wish you were more like that person. The only person God wants you to be more like is Jesus. He doesn't want you to be more like anyone else you could look at and say, I want to be more like them or I want to be more like them. Because God's made you, you. And the only thing God's concerned about is, are you becoming more and more like Jesus? Because that's actually becoming more and more like who you were created to be. Let me give you another Tim Keller quote. He's basically, what he's saying here is the fact that we're made in the image of God, he's saying, what does it mean? It means that the Bible says no matter who you are, where you're from, what your record is, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, it doesn't matter how low you've gone, every human being made in the image of God reflects God. What, what this means is that God's divine imprint is on each one of us, but also each one of us is unique. So you reflect God in a way that I don't. Each one of us reflects God in a way that is unique. There's something about each one of us where it's not just the fact that we're made in the image of God, it's also the things God's taken us through, the things we've been through in our lives, the experiences we've had, maybe the battles we've had, the stories we've got, the personality we've got, the kind of temperament we've got. All of these things combine in us to make us completely unique. You know, it's true, actually, that even twins are unique, physically speaking, in terms of DNA, in terms of fingerprints. But I've got a friend who's a twin, and I said to her, are you, are you in, I only know one, one of them. So I said to her, are you like your twin sister? She's like, we couldn't be more opposite. She said, I thrive in absolute chaos, whereas she is the most organized planner you could possibly meet. Even identical twins aren't identical in their DNA, in their fingerprints, but even in their character and personality. We've all been made completely unique, which means each one of us matters. You matter. You're not disposable. You're not more or less valuable than anyone else in the eyes of God. Uh, a British kind of theologian um, called G.K. Chesterton, he wrote this, You matter. I matter. It's the hardest thing in theology to believe. And it's true for many of us, isn't it, that this is the struggle to believe that actually God has put us here to count, to make a difference. We're to reflect something of God to those around us. He has put 
in each one of us marks of his character. Even if you think about maybe your friends or your family, other people in the church. I, I can think about some of my friends. I've got um, a friend who is incredibly generous. Like she's just astonishing. In everything she's got, she acts as if it belongs to me or to other people around her. And so when I see that generosity, it reflects something of God to me. It reminds me that there's a God who is generous. Now, she's not as generous as God. It's just a shadow of who he is. But it makes me think of him. It reflects him to me. I've got another friend. It's a friend of mine who's not a Christian who absolutely burns with anger against injustice. It's like she cannot stand it when she sees something happen that is unfair and unjust. And she's actually giving her life to working in a career where she's trying to change injustices. And when I look at her, I think it tells me about a God who gets angry at injustice, who gets angry at the things that are wrong and will one day he will put them all right. God cares about justice. I've got a friend who's um, really hospitable, like just has a completely open home. Basically, I know if I'm ever thinking, oh, I really want someone to feed me today, then I can just say to this friend, what time's dinner? And she'll be like, oh yeah, this is when we're having it, this is what we're having, just come. And again, it reflects something of the welcome of God to me. So you see, in all these different people, there's different aspects of the character of God that I get to see. Um, I've got one friend who's so wise that it's astonishing. You know, if I want advice about how to handle a situation, I've got this go-to friend who I'm like, what what should I do? And it, it astonishes me, just the wisdom. And again, it just reminds me of this God who is wise and who knows all things and, and is there actually to guide us. Each one of us is uniquely made to reflect God to those around us. We're unique. We're made in his image and we're unique. Like I said, you can be similar to someone maybe in temperaments. Um, some people say that I'm quite similar to my mum. We are similar. We are similar in looks, similar in temperament to a certain extent. Um, people might say, you know, oh, you're the spitting image of this person or that person. But the truth is that when God looks at you, he says you are completely unique in every way. And so all of these things we've talked about, they combine in us to make us different to everyone around us. I'm now going to dip into a bit of science. So it might all go horribly wrong at this point. But I want to tell you a bit, a bit, a bit of science. Um, it'll, go, it'll go horribly wrong because I don't really understand science. But most of you, I'm sure, will have heard of Sherlock Holmes, a famous detective um, so there's a scientist um, in France, there was a scientist in France called Edmund Lockhart, and he was basically like called the French Sherlock Holmes, which is a bit weird because Sherlock Holmes isn't real. Sherlock Holmes is fictional, Edmund Lockhart is real. But Edmund Lockhart came up with this principle to help fight crime, basically it's forensic science, and Lockhart's principle basically says this, it says, if I break into your house... I will leave something of myself, some evidence that I've been there behind, and I will take some evidence of your home with me. Lockhart's principle is that every contact leaves a trace. Every contact leaves a trace, so it's impossible for me not to leave a trace that I've been in this building. So it sounds kind of obvious. I mean, I think this, when I hear it, I'm thinking, well, how was that groundbreaking forensic science? But I wonder if it's more obvious to me at the moment because of the last two years with the coronavirus pandemic, where we have all been well aware that every contact can leave a trace, haven't we? 
It's why we've been wearing face masks. It's why we've been, at different points, we've had to keep two metres away from each other. It's why we've been in various lockdowns over the last couple of years. It's why we um, have been washing our hands more thoroughly than ever before, while we've been using antibacterial gel. All these things we've been doing and we've been told to do based on the principle that every contact has the potential to leave a trace of coronavirus on us. And I, I don't know about you, but I think many of us have been especially careful where we know we've been around vulnerable people. We've been taking whatever extra precautions we need to do because we don't want to leave a trace. We don't want to, if we don't know that we're carrying COVID, we don't want to take the risk, do we, that we might pass it on to someone else. So I think in the last two years, this, we've been well aware how easy it is to leave a trace on other people or for people to leave a trace on us. Even now, I think many of us as well, is, you know, we're still sort of, I don't know, you're having those weird conversations about, do you hug? Or, you know, and it's because we're mindful, aren't we? We want to be sensitive to each other and be careful. So I've used two negative examples there from crime and burglary and me breaking into your home, but coronavirus. But actually the truth is that God has made every single one of us designed to leave a trace on the people around us. We're made in the image of God. We're made to be unique and to uniquely reflect him to other people. And we're made to have an impact on the people that we come into contact with. We're made to leave a trace. And what we're supposed to leave a trace of is not coronavirus, it's God. It's God. That's what we're supposed to leave a trace on. So actually, do you know, the Bible says that God appoints the times and the places that we live. So in Acts 17, verse 26... It says that God has appointed when and where we will live. The times and the places of our lives. So what that means is that God has placed you specifically here where you live. Specifically now, in this time. It's not an accident that you live here. And it's not an accident that you're alive right now. Even in this season, these last two years that we've had, God knew it. It hasn't come as a surprise to him. It's taken us all by surprise, hasn't it, the way it's kind of uh, totally changed our lives in the last two years. But God knew about it, and God knew that each and every one of us would be living through this right now. It's not an accident that you, with your unique gifts, your unique personality, your unique life experiences, your unique stories and battles and things that you've been through, it's not an accident that you are alive right here, right now, in this place to have an impact and leave a trace on people around you. And that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to be mindful. And that's why I can say you're God's gift to those around you at this time because God has made you to be his gift to those around you in this place. Wherever you find yourself, wherever, wherever you um, study or work or um, hang out with family, spend time with friends, eat, drink. Wherever you go, wherever you shop, it's not an accident, actually. It's not an accident that it's you, specifically you, made in the image of God, to take something of him and reflect something of him to the people around you. And like I say, you can actually do that even if you're not a Christian. Because you are made in the image of God. But the wonderful thing about being a Christian and knowing Jesus is that you get to press into it in a way that you actually can't if you don't know him. 
Because actually one of the reasons we can um, embrace the fact that we are God's gift to other people is because we have been given the gift of Jesus from God to us, dying on the cross as we've been singing about this morning in our place. The greatest gift God has ever given to any of us is Jesus Christ, dying in our place, rising from the dead so that we can have the freedom that was sung about this morning. He is God's gift to us, but then he empowers us by his spirit to be God's gift to other people. And the people particularly that God has made us to be a gift to are those that are on the very heart of God, those who are on the margins, those who are trapped by poverty, by injustice, those who are oppressed, those who actually society would say, why would you bother with those people? The very people that society might say, they're not worth anything. They can be discarded. They're the very people that are on the heart of God who he wants us to take something of him too, something of his love, something of his mercy, something of his compassion, something of his generosity, something of his patience, something of his kindness. He wants us to take it and to be God's gift to people who actually would be amazed that God has got a gift for them, would be amazed that God even maybe gives a second thought to them because most of the people around them don't. And we're called to be different. We're called to take him as image bearers. We're called to take him to the people that no one else would be interested in. And like I say, you might disqualify yourself. You might, you might be thinking, I've got a number of things here from the Bible. Uh, the Bible would answer some of the ways in which we would disqualify ourselves. Because we can say things like, oh, you just don't know how weak I am. I don't know that I can do I don't feel strong enough. But the Bible says that God has chosen the weak. You might say something like, but you don't know how tempted to sin I am. It's just such a struggle. I just struggle all the time with sin. Well, do you know what? I don't know that about you. But the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way and sympathizes with us in our temptations and weaknesses. You might say things like, I'm not very intelligent. I'm not wise. I'm not strong. I'm not from a good family. Do you know what? The Bible says that God has chosen the foolish, the weak, those who are low, even those who are despised. You might tell me, do you know what? I'm, I'm one of the people you're describing. I'm trapped in poverty. You know, that was my background, that I grew up in poverty. You might be saying, I'm in poverty. I haven't got anything at all. Do you know what? The Bible says that God has chosen those who are poor to be rich in faith. So you can protest in any way you might like, but the Bible has an answer for every argument you can use to disqualify yourself and to disqualify other people. There's no wriggle room here, actually, because there literally is a verse for everything you could say that would, that would rule you out. Everything you could say that would rule you out, God has given provision in the Bible to rule you back in. So there's no kind of way of kind of saying, no, not me, this doesn't apply to me. Because the truth, whether you believe it or not, is that you have incalculable worth because you are made in the image of God. You are uniquely made to reflect something of him, which also, by the way, means everyone you meet, you can learn something about God from that person. Every single person you meet, you can say, God, reveal something of your character to me through this person. It's such a joy when we start seeing people like that because it means every encounter we have, we get to learn more about God. We get to see something more of his divine imprint. And as we do that, we see so much more beauty and wonder in every single person that he's made. And I've, I've found it hard. There are a couple of people I can think of in my own life where 
sometimes I, they're just people who, you know, wind me up, who rub me up the wrong way, who just seem to be able to irritate me uh, just by breathing. So some of you know what that's like. We have people in our lives, don't we? And there, I can think of a couple of people and I just, I find it really hard to see the image of God in them. And I felt God just speak to me about it a couple of years ago and just say to me, if you can't see the image of God in any other person, the problem isn't them, it's you. Sounds harsh, but sometimes God needs to give us that bit of a clip around the ear, doesn't he? And say, kind of say, no, I've made everyone in my image and you say you believe it. So actually, you know, believe it. If you can't see it in someone else, then come before God and say, help me see your image in this person. Because it's there. His image is there. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is on us to bring this good news the good news about Jesus, the good news that there is a creator God who knows them, loves them, made them in his image. It says that especially the spirit of the Lord has anointed us, anointed Jesus, but then anointed us to bring good news to those who are poor, those who are brokenhearted, those who are captives. We're made in the image of God, but so are they. We're made uniquely, but so are they. We're made to leave a trace of him on them, but they're made in his image too and can leave a trace back on us. So we are God's gift, but everyone around us is God's gift to us too. And it's easy for us to believe that with some people. You know, I I don't want to, I'm nervous that I'm going to say something that might upset someone because I know for some of us it's even believing that the very people in our families are God's gift to us. Sometimes we don't act like that. Sometimes our families get the worst of us, don't they? But And others get the best of us. But actually, do you know, the, the people around you, they are God's gift to you. And sometimes that's harder to understand than other times. It is. I'm not saying that glibly. Sometimes it's very, very difficult to understand. But that's where we come before God and we say, God, would you reveal to me? Would you reveal to me how you've made this person in your image? Just to close, I just want to add that even, like I've touched on already, even our bad experiences can be turned around for the good of others and for the glory of God. I know that many in this room would have been through really difficult things. And maybe for whole lives that have felt difficult, maybe the last couple of years have been especially difficult. I'm not standing here and saying this from the point of view of someone who finds life easy. In fact, I feel like I've been through some very difficult times. I think I've had various conversations just over this weekend where I feel like it's almost sounded like I've described every year of my life as a hard year of my life. Because I've talked about last year was hard and then, oh yeah, the, the couple of years before that was hard. And then, oh yeah, something happened six years ago and that was hard. But what I do know is that God redeems everything. If we bring it before him, God redeems everything. And even the most painful experiences of our lives, actually, God does something in us where he can work them for good. And he always promises to do that, to work them for good. And he does that for us. But he also will so often, when we've been um, healed, when he's taken us through that process, he will redeem. Nothing is wasted that we've been through because so often... We find, this has been my experience, that some of the hardest things that I've been through in my life, some of the toughest seasons of my life have been the very things God has used to bless other people. And in some ways, of course, I think, well, I wish I hadn't gone through that. But actually, when I see how God can use it to help others, actually, you start to see that there's purpose in it, that there's worth in it, that even the very things that we've gone through 
And like I say, I'm not saying that glibly. I know that some of you will have been through things that will have been very, very painful and difficult. But I think the beauty of the gospel is that we know that Jesus died on the cross going through such a brutal death that at the time, in that moment, would have looked to everyone around him like the worst possible thing that could happen. But out of that worst thing that's happened actually in human history, the best has also come in that we now get to be forgiven of all our sins. We get to be restored to a relationship with the God who made us. We get to have purpose in our lives. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, it's not purpose that's about achievement or career or qualifications or status. It's purpose that's about knowing that we've been made in the image of God to reflect him to those around us and to bring something of him to those, to bring glory to God and to do good to those around us, especially those no one else cares about doing good to. I'd love to pray for us, just if that's all right, as we close. I think if you kind of want to embrace this more, I know some of you will be like, I I knew all this already, um, and that's great. It's not in that sense anything that's necessarily an amazing revelation from God. But if you think, do you know what, I want to walk in this more. I want to be more aware of how I'm God's gift to those around me. And I want to be more aware of how I can leave a trace of God on people around me. Or maybe you're thinking, I want to be more aware of how other people are made in the image of God and can reflect God to me. Then I wonder if you'd just stand so I can pray for us. If you're comfortable to, uh, why don't you like raise your hands or put your hand on your heart or however you basically like to receive from God and respond to God, whatever makes that easier for you to do, just feel free to go ahead and do whatever um, you would like to do. Father, I thank you so much that you created each and every person in this room, in this place, in this country in this world you created every single person thank you that we are made in the image of God it's it's astonishing it's mind-blowing it's hard to get our heads around but thank you that it's the truth that we have been made to be like you it's astonishing what incredible joy it brings us when we really grab hold of it God so I pray that you'd help us to do that I pray you would help us um, those who've known this for decades and decades and those who've heard it for the first time this morning I pray God you would work it deep into our hearts that we would know that we have been created to be like you to reflect you to make a difference to people for you on your behalf as your ambassadors Father I pray you'd help us to know in a very right and good sense that we are your gift to those around us I pray for any here who might have just been writing themselves off and disqualifying themselves. Maybe even had whole lives of saying, not me. I'm no good for anything. Or for anyone who's spoken that over themselves or had that spoken over them. God, we break it off this morning. Father, would you work this truth deep into our hearts that we are made in your image. And that you have made us to be a blessing to those around us. You have made us to be a gift to those around us. And Father, I pray you would help us by your Holy Spirit more and more to see this in other people too. 
Help us to never be those who write others off. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, help us not to write other people off, God. But help us to see each one as made in your image. Would you help us with this, God? It's hard. In the day-to-day of life, it's hard and it's easy to forget it. And it's hard to be mindful of it. So God, I pray you would help us to leave more of a trace of you on those around us because we're more mindful of it in our day-to-day lives. God, we want to give our lives to bringing you glory and doing good to others. Thank you that those two things are intrinsically linked. So God, would you help us? Would you bring revelation to us so that we might make a difference to people who are desperately crying out for you, desperately need to know that they are made in your image and loved by you and accepted and welcomed by you. Amen.